Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. In 2018, we had Adam Harris, one of the co-founders of CloudBeds, a hospitality tech startup in San Diego on our Behind the Smoke podcast. I thought it would be very relevant to bring a company that has grown at the rate that they've grown since the last time they were on this podcast. They've gone from 200 employees to 400 employees. They are in 135 different countries. Their hotel management software, they secured offices in downtown San Diego. Those offices are 8,700 square feet, built out beautiful headquarters and right next to Balboa Park. Coronavirus hit. And on March 17th, they all started working remotely, even the people in San Diego. Um, I wanted to bring Rich and Adam back to the office, obviously in a coronavirus safe environment that we were all wearing masks, but have a discussion that centered around office space, not just for hotel tech startups, but office space, restaurant space. This is a top of mind conversation of what do we do uh, into the future. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. These are two of the smartest minds in the world. Um, we're lucky that we call them friends. Um, we get to watch and admire their company grow. Uh, enjoy this week's episode and be sure to uh, stay curious, get involved and ask for help. Uh, you can reach out anytime. Sean at CaliBBQ.media. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I'm your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Today is September 16th, 2020, still during the coronavirus. And really, I can't thank these guys enough. These are two of the hottest men in tech company startup on the globe. <laughs> Don't laugh about it. I'm dead serious. You guys are, we're here in San Diego. We're in Bankers Hill. We're at CloudBeds headquarters, right? CloudBeds headquarters. And this is Adam Harris, Richard Castle, both co-founders. It was, it was me. I asked them to come to their office, even though they have been working remotely. Even the founders, they've been working remotely since really March 17th, I believe. And what we want to do here on Digital Hospitality is talk about the online world, the offline world, the technology that blends the two, but also just give you an idea of what it's like to be an entrepreneur, a growing company, and the things that all of us are dealing with. Coronavirus being one of them, office space. This is brand new office space, and these guys are very busy, so hope you guys enjoy the show. Adam, welcome to Digital Hospitality. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Richard. Thank you. So last time uh, we had Adam on the podcast, the Behind the Smoke podcast, company was growing, that was two years ago, and now how many employees do we have? 420. 420, all over the globe. Yeah, 37 countries. 37 countries, and how many in headquarters downtown? 35, roughly. Yeah, 35. So are you guys ready to show us what is the headquarters? It's going to be quiet. It's going to be quiet in there. Let's go. Let's, Let's go, go check it, it out. I don't even know if my key still works. So when did you, when did you get the office space? Uh, about a year ago. And really... As part of some recent funding, we were looking to expand it and put it to use, and then COVID came in, and I think this is my first time being here since March. Yeah, I've never been inside. How many square feet? Uh, 10,000. 10,000 10, square feet. Yeah. So the plan was to have how many employees in 10,000 square feet? I mean, we could hit, fit over 100. Easily. Fit over 100, but this is headquarters. You have 
workers all over the globe, which is something we will talk about on the podcast because yep. we want to talk about remote work and kind of the new economy that's being created by what's happening with space. So let's uh, let's go in and see. Thanks for uh, letting us into headquarters. You paid. You still paid the electric bills. You still pay. Still paid the electric bills. Good. <laughs> So can you guys give us kind of a tour, a behind the scenes tour when a new recruit, when somebody comes in, they want to learn about your company, what you're doing and potentially work here in San Diego um, as part of your company? I mean, when we originally first walked into the space, it actually had about 12 foot ceilings and this whole sort of middle section, you couldn't even see that far wall. Okay. So it was an old 22 year old architecture firm that had just walls on walls on walls. And Rich and I talked and we said we wanted a place where not only our employees felt comfortable, but also we could bring the community and host events with other entrepreneurs. That was really important to us. And we also wanted to have as many private spaces as possible. So we had a bunch of built-in um, meeting spaces. We have office spaces for some of the leaders. We sort of isolate employees as much as possible so they feel like they have their own spot. Uh, we have a 2,000 square foot patio in the back that hasn't been used ever, pretty much. Um, we were all looking forward to using it during the summertime for the first time. And then you know, I, I show people the, the keg. The let's go see it. Come on. The, let's see it. And I show them the ping pong table back Ping there. pong table's good. Kegs are good. <laughs> Games are good. Indoor trees are good. I don't think there's anything on tap anymore here. I think these work. I think they're they're over. So can you guys, based off of your experience, kind of tell us how Silicon Valley has built out tech spaces and what the idea was before and what is the idea, what you think the idea is going to be moving forward? I don't think office spaces can be what they used to be. You no longer can have food services, coffee services, water services, whatever. Um, and as a result of that, even for us, you know, we used to have snacks everywhere and food and beer on tap, three you know, at any given time that we rotate frequently, there'd always be some kind of ping pong match that would be challenging. Um, we have a leaderboard at the office. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it great. is just, it's fun. I mean, we have shuffleboard in the back. We have two arcade games. We have fully loaded Xbox. I mean, this was about, you know, having fun at work and, you know, bringing out the child in us a little bit and not just being always adult time. That's kind of gone to waste. It's sad. Um, and I don't know how long we'll be here like that, but at some point this will return to normal and we'll get back to that old way. So what kind of tough decisions are you guys making as far as leases go, as far as expansion? I know you have other offices around the globe as well. Yeah, I mean, Rich, you want to talk about Spain? Uh, yeah, we're, we're in the process of putting an entity in Spain, right? So um, it, it's going to help us with hiring and recruiting staff, especially engineers there. Um, it's a really, it's a hot place to hire in Europe. And we wanted to put an office there too. And so we're kind of like thinking, should we do that right now? Should we hold off on the office? I think we're gonna go forward with the entity just for hiring, but everyone's gonna be remote right now. Okay, so, yeah. so no actual physical space. Definitely not right now. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in the future, maybe 2022, I don't know. It's certainly interesting to think about physical space. We're in the process of opening a ghost kitchen location and you know that's 200 square feet when our restaurant's 5,700 square feet. But the physical space is important when you're talking about just the online, like the the online world, like a po like a post office, <laughs> like where are they going to deliver the mail? Mm -hmm. If you don't have the physical space, how do you guys deal with issues like that? Well, What's the workaround? I mean, PO boxes. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, 
we've never really got caught up in, in some of those details. Even even this office, I mean, has been used again as a, an opportunity to bring people around the world. So we have a, a condo downtown that is available to any of our staff to use. We have the same thing happening in Sao Paulo, Brazil. So it's, it's basically- We actually, we had an employee fly to Sao Paulo to, he was supposed to stay a couple weeks mm-hmm. and he kind of got cut, caught, like stuck in Brazil. And we just rented him the place. <laughs> He's been stuck there for months. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. But, <laughs> oh, it sucks for him, but it's, it's there's worse him, places yeah, to but be that's stuck. That's what we've done. Like, I don't yeah. know. But like. the goal is to have like 25, 50 of those around the world where our staff, who we all love to travel and being able to just fly into one of your favorite cities and know that you have a nice place to stay mm-hmm. and place that's secure and, and also a great place to work is part of the sort of DNA of this culture. But you know, I think my favorite thing would be coming in the office and looking at the shared calendar and be like, oh man, Diego's in town or yeah. or Claudia's in town or whoever, right? And it's just a constant flow of energy coming and going. I mean, we're, you know, a, a team of, you know, 420, like we said, with 37 countries, that's a lot of different languages, a lot of different cultures, and, and that's part of our identity. Um, not having that anymore, which just forces us back to technology. And we, we're on Zoom pretty much nine hours a day. (laughs) So this was a space where uh, a lot of our product and engineers were sort of working in. Um, Obviously, it's been reduced in the number of desks and given a lot more space as a recent um, anticipation of if we ever open this again. But um, all of our product leaders were sort of working from here at one point in time. Not anymore. Um, You can see some fun posters that are our head of design has done for, for staff. That's impressive work. Yeah, it's pretty fun. He actually hand drew all that stuff. Wow. Um, patio was going to be awesome. We, we've had one barbecue in total, um, even though it's just such an incredible space out here. And as you can see, there's a lot of dirt and dust since no one's used it. What do you? Th- what What are your thoughts around just commercial real estate and what what the uh, what do you see people doing moving into the future? I mean, Pinterest just spent ninety seven million dollars breaking their lease in South San Francisco because they've gone fully remote. I mean, if that's any in, in, in indication of what more will come, I I think if we could break the lease, we we would we would consider it, but. We put a lot of time and energy in this, and we're going to use this for other things in the future. But, um, I mean, we we were remote prior to having the office. We'll continue to be remote, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll definitely want to talk more about the the things that you have been leading the way with remote because it's something that everyone's doing now, even schools and kids. And I mean, I spend, I'm spending time on Zoom and I never thought I would. So <laughs> but yeah, let's go see the rest of the spot. Let's do it. Well, after we spent a year in here. Yeah. If we could go back and redesign it. Yeah. We would have made all of these offices about a fifth the size, yep. sort of like your ghost more. kitchen concept, yep. and had more private spaces so that everyone felt like oh, that's they a, had their own that's little the, office. Yeah, correct, right? And I feel like that's going to be the future. And so, so it's in like hindsight, cubicles are coming back, except like but it's not a cubicle. It's, like, it's, it's like not it's a your cubicle, own it's little your own space because yeah. none of us need the amount yeah. of space that we have. I, mean, I could have had two people in my office. Yeah, yeah. if th- I mean three, three four. And that's the thing, like in hindsight, it's 2020, but we definitely learned a little bit of things of what you like and what you don't like. But our favorite part of this whole space is we have these epic double ping pong (laughs) matches. 
God, I miss those. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. We have a whole game room back there that's... Yeah, let's go check it out. Closed up. So I'd lo- So you guys have won a lot of different big awards for workplace culture, um, which is something that's always a hot button topic. Well, how do you recruit? How do you get? How do you make people feel purpose driven in what they're doing? Yeah. What What is your philosophy behind? Um, you know, purpose driven work at, at CloudBeds. All of that stuff happened remotely. It happened outside of the office. I think before we even had an office, we started getting our first awards. Um, I think it's making making people feel engaged. So they feel engaged with the company. Um, they have a purpose. Um, and we've tried to create a workplace where um, when they get up in the morning, they have a purpose to come to work. They feel like they're changing travel. They're changing the world. They're doing something for um, people that love to travel and, and hotels and hosts all over the world. So I think that's that was a huge part of what we did. Feedback, right? We use Office 5 a lot. So we, we use a lot of tools for employees to give us feedback and provide feedback to leadership so that we can make changes. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's super interesting when you look at a tech company that's here, that's growing on a global scale, but then you get, we all get so complicated in everything that we do that we forget like, well, what exactly are we doing? What are the, what is the basics of our business? And, you know, the basics of your business would be what? I mean, for us, we're a technology company. We always have been, right? We write code and that code translates into software and that software gets shipped and delivered to hotels and hostels and vacation rental brands. I mean, you name it, everything in between all over the world. So we crossed 157 countries um, last year with users and which is absolutely insane. I didn't even know there was that many countries in the world. Uh, But uh, yeah, I mean, literally every second thousands of dollars are flowing into our properties. Um, and that's the result of our technology. And so like, if we're, if we're trying to sort of shrink that down into what do we offer, we're basically sliding this, this box, this, this, this box that has everything you need to run your business. Um, very similar to what you guys employ as, as a restaurant toast is running your business. Yeah. And, and so cloud beds is the sort of, uh, brain and hub that sits inside these hotels and you know they power their business they connect to their guests they run their reports they help with their accounting they take their payments you name it um, and we made that really simple and easy for them to do yeah it's incredible because we went <laughs> I re-listened to the podcast that we did two years ago and we actually talked both about slack about the what did you mention uh, the office five office office five which yeah. you integrate with slack yeah. we also talked about toast and at that point we had aloha and it wasn't until the pandemic that we were actually at the point where it's we need to fix the cons- customer side of mobile ordering so like I need to be able to update our mobile side of our of our website so that I can put the photos I want I can get the information I want we've gone live with toast it's been one week now we're looking at the back end the data that we never had before for 13 years serving Spring Valley like serving all these amazing customers that we could have you know said thank you <laughs> thank you for coming in had no idea you know we had a loyalty program we had a gift card program but it's the it's the software that is really enabling 
people to do what they do best. And I think that's what's exciting about what you guys do is you're doing that for so many different sizes of hotels, which ultimately gives people a better travel experience. I mean, Sean, you know, it's really interesting. So like Aloha is an incumbent, right? Yeah. Just like Opera or Micros is a, an incumbent in our space. In many ways, it held you back, right? Yes. And so we recently displaced Opera as the platform that's teaching, that's being taught in classrooms at one of the most prestigious hospitality schools in the world. So like we're almost sort of canceling the history lesson yes. and, and sort of pushing them forward to uh, what the future is. And we're obviously part of that future. So a lot of breakout rooms. Again, we do everything on Zoom. So we hook these things up for Zoom rooms. So anyone could come in here and call anyone in the company, just like you would have a, a one-on-one. And it was super simple um, to do. We, yeah. we have a rule if, uh, if not everyone's in the same physical room. Yeah. You can't you can't have someone call in remote and put them on a on a TV screen. Everyone has to be in the room or everyone has to be on Zoom remote oh, okay. in the office. Why know? is that? Because it makes people that aren't in the office feel excluded. Yeah. Um, and we're building a remote culture. So the office is, is the office culture is a secondary culture to the remote culture which comes first, right? Which is really how we were set up even before COVID. It's interesting. Yeah. That's super interesting because that's that's essentially digital hospitality. It's the things that we talk about every week on the podcast is restaurant owners. Before you open a restaurant, you do this exact, you know, we have our space, every single room of the restaurant, you decorate it, you make sure it's nice, there's tables are there, you put flowers, you put music, you put TVs, you make sure, you know, your menu is ready to go. But we don't do the same thing on the digital space, right? There's all these different platforms, but there's customers there. It's like if somebody walked into a restaurant, I don't care where you are in the world, if someone walks into your restaurant, you're going to take care of them. But now people are walking into different spaces online, yet people aren't getting taken care of. And what you guys are doing is you're enabling the hotel to actually take care of those guests, not miss them. It's funny you mentioned that because I've had um, just incredible experiences before COVID sitting in restaurants and eating. And some of these restaurants have popped online, like to offer yeah. online ordering during COVID. And I've ordered food and it's been a horrible experience. Yes. Like the food was like an hour and a half late. They gave me someone else's order. They weren't nice on the phone. I didn't I didn't get the whole like experience that I used to have. And so there really are just two different interfaces, right? That you have to you have to make the same experience for customers no matter where they are. Right. I mean I think that's the most exciting part is that companies like what you guys are doing because it's about integration right if you don't integrate with all like you can't be the end-all be-all you guys have done an amazing job doing that but you already you built your platform to build on the backs of giants right to build on the backs of how do we use this thing you know how does somebody that's running a four seasons hotel or someone's running a hostel how do you use this to get the most out of everything that you're doing on all those different things that we need to do to run our business right i mean i think what I get most excited about is our property owners no longer have to think about the day-to-day of technology yes. because the technology is taking steps away from what they were used to. So like all those manual processes, we're automating majority of them. 80% of them we've automated and we're going to continue to do more and more over time. We, Rich and I were talking about registration of guests, right? In the contactless world, just showing up and walking straight to your room is probably ideal, especially yeah. if we're in the middle of a pandemic. The more and more we can automate, the better. Uh, but what's really interesting is by doing that, 
it frees up the hoteliers to no longer focus on the operational side and then get back to its root, which is hospitality, taking care of the guests. So we've actually seen some really incredible brands that are nearly 100% occupied right now, despite everything that's going on. And they're running with two people. So the technology at Cloudbeds is literally picking up the slack for a a, a lower um, count of employee or staff. and, And that's driven by technology. The other interesting thing is you've also seen these brands transform into storytelling. So with their own digital brand, they're now putting you at front and center. They're no longer sort of just showing a photo of a room. They're putting people in the room so that you can almost visualize staying in that room (laughs) because there's less communication happening um, in the normal sort of scope of the world. And and like that, that, that's, that's awesome. Like that's the future. It's about experience. And, And I think Rich and I as avid travelers want more of that. Like Rich and I were talking yesterday. He's like, I can't wait to just get on a plane and go somewhere fun. Mm-hmm. And be able, be you know, feel comfortable and get out there and travel. We we spend you know a month or more every year traveling, and we haven't done that since. Yeah, just before COVID, I mean, I was I was in Bali in Indonesia for our director of sales' fortieth birthday, and there were about twenty five people that flew in from all over the world from Cloudbeds to be at that guy's birthday party, and that was really the last like international experience I had with Cloudbeds, and I came back to San Diego and pretty much. Lock COVID hit, you know, about a month and a half, two months later in lockdown. And that was it. Yeah. Oh, man, this was my favorite room. And we, we never get to use this anymore. Never stop wandering. Yeah, that's one of that. One of our call to action. One of your call to actions. So we yeah, always this, this was a great room. We always envisioned big, big great table. You don't need to talk in past tense. This it, it, it is a great room. It still is a great room. It it's is just, a great room. But, it's a great room. But I appreciate the honesty. It is like it feels like it's been years. But this I think, was a, this was our boardroom. This yeah. is the boardroom, war room. This is the war room. We've had some awesome. We've meetings, had many great, intense discussions here. Good partnership. Calls. What are you discussing? So what are the what what are the conversations always centered around? I mean, obviously, the, in business, there's all kinds of different things. But is there any story in particular? Big success. Somebody you brought in that we finalized our big eighty-two million dollar financing in this room. Eighty-two million dollars was fi- finalized here. Yeah. 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 What was the final push? What was what what did they need to be convinced of? Ah, they just wanted to know that we're normal, fun, cool guys and that happened right happened right after this meeting and over beers from the CAC. Right before COVID. Yeah. Really. Yeah, Yeah. March third. So, yeah, I mean, like, this was going to be our room to showcase, like, employees. We have all our awards up there. And even then, that's only half of them because we keep winning them despite COVID happening. But, I mean, every time I check LinkedIn, you guys are getting nominated for, what, Ernst & Young. Uh, this is second year in a row. Yeah, right? that's for happening entre- right now. Entrepreneur of the Year. <laughs> that's phenomenal. I mean, that's it's got to be humbling to think about when you started on a napkin traveling. Right. Yeah. Give us the, tell us how that happened. I mean, we, you know, you mentioned uh, that that it it makes for a better guest experience. We actually started Cloudbeds as guests, as travelers. Um, you know, Adam and I both traveled around the world and had spent years traveling. And and uh, I was traveling in Brazil, just north of Rio, and was trying to make a reservation for a little posada, a little B and B, uh, and. 
there was just no availability online. This is two years before the World Cup, and you would Google and look at these properties, and you'd see these great little places with photos, but you couldn't make a reservation. And you'd call, and then no one would answer the phone. And you know, <laughs> finally, um, you know, I found a place that had some rooms available, and he said, "Hey, just just deposit money into my bank account with cash, and I'll secure your reservation." And I was oh yeah, like, this is crazy. Like that sounds good. I'm, yeah, yeah, it sounds like a good exactly. a good deal I'm, for you. I'm from the U.S. Like I, I barely speak any Portuguese at all. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm not mm-hmm. going to put money in your bank account. Like this is crazy, right? And so Adam and I kind of put our heads together and said, at the, at the time, let's build. We called it Open Table for Travel. Okay. Just put a little widget on their website to make a reservation and, and take a payment, and that's kind of how Cloudbed started in Brazil in 2012. That's crazy. And yeah. then how? What was the next? Because it goes from an idea to get us to the next stage of the company. Uh, to be honest with you, I think it was some people that we added. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we we started recruiting folks from the industry, okay. and they really helped polish the original concept into the sort of early workings of what Cloudbeds is today. Um, and that's because we don't know shit about running a hotel. Running a hotel. Yeah, right. <laughs> you've been to a hotel. We, that's we've you travel, but yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've got good experiences and really I've bad ones. I've a lot of football. I don't know how. I, I can't play in the game. Yeah. I can't play in the game. That, that's that's right. And so we we started surrounding ourselves with just unbelievable people who are still here today. And they're part of the original team. Some of them are in Brazil. Some of them are in, in the U.S. Some of them are in Eastern Europe. I mean, really, there's kind of a handful of everywhere. And together, we had battles over what was next and mm-hmm. long discussions. People lost hair. I, I still lost it. hair. You know, I still haven't yeah. grown it back. But um, I'll never forget when we built the calendar. Yeah, it's it was like a kind f- of like the, the main control panel that hotels used to manage their property. And we just had huge battles for weeks and months, like in a room like this, a lot smaller, yeah. in a much smaller office, yeah. like actually down the street. Um, but just a lot of creative energy a lot of intense conversations flowing about what to do there what was the what was the argument over for the calendar oh just design can look in the feel and like it's not good enough like needs to do more it's too similar to what's out there like it's not good enough right just kind of raising the bar challenging the status quo that's something that we always do at cloudbeds and no one's and even like fast forward three years no one's come close to our calendar yeah we we make small improvements to it every year but it is known to the industry and we're about to launch a a brand new sort of concept around it over the next couple years and is again we'll just pushed the competition so far back because we we've learned so much about what works and what doesn't work and that's a testament to this technology team which is made up of product and technology experts i mean they are the center of this organization yeah and, and we spend a lot of money sort of building that team out but they're the ones who carry us forward and make the sales team look easy and the marketing team you know look even easier and at the end of the day they're they're sort of our our lifeline and then customer success holds it all together Give me an uh, give me an example of customer success and, and also the feedback loop from the customer. Well, I mean, it it, it starts really, um, it starts from day one when we call we say market managers, our sales team starts talking with a customer or find somebody that's interested in cloudbeds. Um, from that first conversation to the full life cycle of the customer journey at Cloudbeds. Like when they, they, they move from the, the sales team, they move to a an onboarding coach. We mm-hmm. used to call it implementation. We changed the name. <laughs> onboarding, onboarding coach is much better. It's human, right? Yeah. 
implement you implement a machine you don't you don't you don't you don't implement a human right mm-hmm. so we just changed it to onboarding we rebranded everything to onboarding and they go through an onboarding process with about 10 calls with an onboarding coach and then they go from there into our customer coach team which is kind of a reactive team to help them if they have questions they go into cloudbeds university so they can they can watch videos they can read about content, you know, with cloud beds and things they need to learn the tool. But I think it's constantly being there for them in touch points, like where you can make a difference in the customer's journey. I think that's customer success. And then that feedback that you talked about, like what is the customer saying to improve the product? Yeah. What are they saying to improve the, the way we talk to customers, right? So we're constantly improving, right? It's one of our core values. We say Kaizen, which is these constant improvements at the Japanese term, right? Mm-hmm. Constant 1% improvements. We say every day, every week, right? Constantly improving. So I think that feedback loop is really important. You know, it's funny. Sometimes we get graded on sort of the standard in the industry, just like you guys get yeah. graded on a restaurant standard or experience standard uh, within a restaurant, same thing happens for success, right? How fast are you at returning a, an email or a phone call? Uh, how satisfied they were with, with that session with one of our members? Uh, what's the net promoter score, meaning the willingness to uh, refer a product? Mm-hmm. All these sort of industry benchmarks. And oftentimes you'll, we'll find ourselves with numbers that are just absolutely industry leading. Yeah. And yet we don't get credit because we don't take a phone number mm-hmm. as a way to call us because we think it's inefficient. Yeah. And, and so we're re-educating not only our industry, but also technology companies on better process in I aggregate. Agree. Because it's an old way versus a new way. New way doesn't necessarily mean it's worse. It's, in most cases, it's better. It's more innovative. Yeah. And as a result, like our, our success team is the best in the industry. Like hands down, no one would even fight that. Um, best C stat scores, best MP, you know MPS scores. And as a result, we have an internal staff that has an incredible you know score just wanting to work at CloudBets, right? Yeah. We, we have this terminology called bleeding blue. And, and that's because Rich and I have always put emphasis in the team. If the team's happy and they take care of our customer, our customer will take care of the business naturally. And and, it, and it's something that we, we are really proud of and, and that really carries over into our success team. I mean, those guys bleed blue. Yeah, we, we even track employee NPS yep. as a metric. Yeah. We call the employees every week to ask them how they're feeling. Would they recommend their friends and family to CloudBits to work here? Right, we track those all the time over the last several years, and if it's dipping at all, we try to figure out why yep. and make improvements. Yeah, I think it's fascinating, especially for me on the net promoter score, especially because now that we're in expansion mode, we're doing things that we haven't done for 13 years. So now I'm going out and getting bids and, you know, getting equipment bids, getting bids for catering truck, getting, you know, technology bids. The question is, is that no matter what the industry, does it always have to be that way? Like, is there a better way to do it? Just because we did it that way, do we continue have to do it that way? And that's something I appreciate what you said is like, you guys are recognizing that even in tech, even in a way that we're scoring something, does that mean that that's the way that it has to be? Because things change frequently. I mean, the, the rate of change that's happened, you know, since the first iPhone came out in 2007, I mean, it's just, it's nuts when you think about it, you know? I, I think there's a, I think there's a break if if you have the best product and someone's not willing to refer it on to someone else you have a problem with the product doesn't yes. matter how good it is the same thing with a restaurant if the food's great but yet for something something is missing and people aren't 
constantly engaging and sharing with that brand, you've got a problem with your product. And that's something where we've, you know, built an ambassador team, you know, that ambassadors, they don't work for us. They refer business and, and they're advocates of our business, you know, and, and in many cases, they don't want compensation. They just want their customers yes. or their, their, you know, whatever their relationship with the product to just do better. There's yeah. a lot of that um, in this industry and that's pretty exciting. But. Well, let's go check out the rest of the office. I've got a couple more questions for you guys and let you get back to it. So this was, yes, this, you'll love this. You guys, you will love this. I'm all about, this is great. (laughs) I approve all of this. So we had, I don't know what Aaron thinks, but the idea of this, I like. So we had all these grand plans. Okay. Tell me for Rich and I to use this for interviewing our own team about culture, right? Uh A product, again, is built by humans, just like Rich said. You don't implement a human. You onboard a human. Same thing. Our team is humans. We have stories that we need to tell. We have expertise that we need to share. And we had this whole concept of a digital series of videos and thought leadership and interviews. And we... Spent, yes, all this, all that. spent all this money and yes time. We've that. never once used this except for when Rich and I announced our financing. Videos, yeah, yeah when we it. did our financing. Why? Why? What was the... COVID. COVID? Oh, it's COVID. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it, it wasn't the, it wasn't the idea of creating media. No, it's just, we just... It never, was just because... Yeah. Th- this was... We literally... We just built this thing. Just built it on, like, February, finished it. All the equipment showed up, and we used it for the first time on, like, March 2nd. <laughs> <laughs> so the this is a story I tell on the podcast. I tell it to anybody that's that's willing to listen. But the reason like that I care so much about the smartphone, I care about digital, I care about where media is going, where technology is blending in between business and between what we're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, all these great purposes is Adam really demystified the internet for me. I don't have a tech background. I went to school Cali for sociology, but I was so frustrated that I couldn't fix our website to update it for fight night. Cause I knew that I knew, I didn't know much, but I knew that search engine optimization, if I got Mayweather and Pacquiao were fighting in San Diego and I got that content on the site, when somebody started searching, I wanted to be pop up on the first yeah. page. And Adam put us on WordPress, him and his brother, they yeah. sat us down, they go, listen, dude, if the platform, <laughs> so if, long, if yeah. the platform isn't good enough, <laughs> For you to do it yourself, and it's not functional enough, it will not succeed. And ever since he said that, I took that philosophy to Facebook, to Instagram, to Twitter, to you name the platform. But he's right all the time. You know, it's like, but we get so in our own way about a certain app or a certain tool on the Internet. What is your guys' advice or what kind of what kind of. Re- resistance do you see from hotel operators that have done we've done it for this long in our family for forever why do we need cloud beds oh man <laughs> it's generational I think it's yeah change. i think people people look at pms as I, pms is what pms is a property management system property management system property man so we, we hate you, that term we yeah, think PMS is not the not the best. Well, besides your innuendo, the 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 concept of uh, the the concept of a property management system is something that's been around since the '80s, okay. right? Ever since like DOS prompt and and things. Well, I guess that was you know post '80s, but whatever. The ever since the sort of first systems that were digitalizing a pen and paper. Mm-hmm. So there used to be in hotels this big wall where they would write in the name where a guest was was staying. It was called a tape chart. Really? Um, and 
prior to that, if you go back to the antiquities days, like they had registrations of people coming and going um, for trading routes. And so you can take this all the way back to like 680. And then the first record keeping or, or like legal requirement was in France in the 1600s. And they actually forced someone to write down where they were from and why they're there and how long. And that became the sort of digital record keeper. We've obviously digitalized all that, but 33% of the population of hotel operators are still on pen and paper. Really? Around the world. 33%. 33%. And that's shrinking, thankfully. Yeah. But even of the sort of large majority that is using some type of technology, nine out of 10 of them are still on a desktop software, meaning it's some type of on-premise. It has no connectivity to cloud. So if you are trying to check in without touching anyone and go completely contactless, nine out of 10 properties can't do that right now. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to fix, right, over time. So I think it's a generation where as generations change, as families pass it on to a new new blood or a new owner, um, CloudBits will continue to excel. That's super exciting. What do you What do you do when you get frustrated with technology? Just personal technology. I mean, I'm talking like things not working properly. I mean, it it's hard for us. We were talking about it before. It's just it's hard to remember how far we've come, how fast. I don't know what's going on right now, but uh, Google Maps for me has not. I have an Android. Uh huh. It has not been working. I just made I made an update on my Android operating system, and it has not been working for months. Yeah. And I've gone online and like searching other people having the same problem, and it's literally like horrible. Yeah. Because I mean, like that's that's how I would get somewhere that I've never been, right? right? I use Google Maps, and I just take it for granted. It just works. I just I just turn my phone on, and I put the address, and I click where I want to go, and it just takes me there, and it's not working. It's just not updating. But I think it's um, it's just it's frustrating, right? Yeah. I I don't. I mean, I don't know what to do without it. Who yeah. who are you gonna call? Who's listening, right? I, don't know. I guarantee I, I, Google's well, not listening. But I mean, I think that's a great. There's no, there's no one that will solve this problem for me. But that's a great point. It's because those co- some of those companies have gotten enormous in a quick amount of time. I mean, we think it's been around forever, but it's really not when you look at the grand scheme of things. But it's as you scale, as you get bigger, how responsive are you? I'm curious how responsive to restaurant tech partners, how are they going to listen to me? Because it's not just me and my general manager and our operational team. If I'm if they fix what is some an issue for me, possibly it's an issue for every single other single unit, you know, restaurant. Maybe it's a different product that even a small business like the opportunities are there, but it's a it's a matter of the feedback and the responsiveness as, of the tech company to go, hey, this is actually something that makes sense. I mean, Rich reminds me about this a lot. We're a global company. Yes. We have a global customer base. We always have to build for the largest population of properties. So any new feature we do has to be universal. And we've really done a great job as sort of sticking towards that pillar because throughout COVID, CloudBeds has grown despite our industry has shrunk. And and that's because we have pockets of properties all over the world. So when they excel, Versus another another part of the world that's not excelling, like it kind of balances itself out in that sort of global approach, that global footprint really unlocked opportunity for us throughout this sort of trying time. And we've stayed true, super focused, and a little bit of luck along the way has carried us to where we are right now. That's super exciting. What's the uh, current plan for, obviously you're, it's the same thing I say. It's, I, I don't have the answers to COVID. I'm every single day, I'm gonna do the best job I can building a digital restaurant infrastructure for the future of our industry so that 
we can continue to grow and do things in a way that has never been done before because it cost us too much money. That's why I'm so excited to do that. What, what are you guys excited about for, for the future of cloud beds? I think it's it's continuing our multi multinational, you know, global. I mean, we're CloudBeds. It's the embodiment of globalization. I mean, we really are. Yeah. Um, this was before COVID. I mean, this was in 2012. I was in Brazil. Adam was in the U.S. I mean, we had to learn to be in an office. It wasn't natural for us. <laughs> I mean, even before CloudBeds, we didn't have an office. Yeah. We worked together for years. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's it's taking that to the next level. Um, what does it look like, right? How do we do this? Um, how do we compete with other companies that are also going remote, right? Like Pinterest that got rid of their office, right? So mm -hmm. we're no longer, we used to have that remote culture and that was a competitive advantage for us, right? Because you could be remote, you could work at CloudBeds and you didn't have to sit in an office at Pinterest in San Francisco. Now that they're going remote, like how do we compete with them? What do we do next, right? We, we shouldn't just accept this remote standard. We need to keep challenging it. New tools, yep. new culture, new ways of doing things to keep, you know, a travel culture, right? That's, that's, that's our industry, right? So mm -hmm. how do we encourage people to move around? How do we encourage like nomadic cloud beds, you know, experiences? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's, that's kind of our next challenge is, is trying to, to stay competitive and, and keep pushing that forward. I think the creativity that the people ops team had during COVID, there was opportunity for, you know, if you, if you needed help or you needed to talk to, they created avenues or mediums for, for doing just that. Yeah. Um, there were people teaching languages. Um, there were cooking channels and Slack. There were dads with, you know, daughters channels. I mean, like you name it, like, Thousands of channels for different themes. Where is this? This is inside With, our Slack environment. Within your Slack. Like, within our Slack. Yeah, I'd, I'd love for you to talk about Slack because I asked you about, you mentioned Slack two years ago to me. I hadn't, wasn't aware of it. We used Evernote, which is kind of like Slack, but tell me about Slack, about why you guys use it. <laughs> I would disagree you, you, you with that. Well, tell me, tell <laughs> me and inform me because I asked Slack, is there an example of a restaurant, a restaurant group or enterprise restaurant that's using Slack? And they went to their, they couldn't, they couldn't give me any examples. So wow. tell me about, wow. tell that's, me about, amazing. yeah, exactly. What I said is I'm not going to be the only one that's going to figure out a way to use Slack for us building out for my managers, for our front of the house staff, for our media team. I, like once I started using it, I've been using it for four days and I can't believe how great it is. So, yeah. so I, I look at it from the hotel perspective. So every hotel, Tell has some form of paging or or headset system, right? Okay. Oh, hey, yeah, we yeah. need someone at front desk or whatever. That conversation's lost immediately once that voice was spoken. Yes. And it, it disappears. There's no audit trail. There's no ability to go back and review the standard of, of service. And so for me, Slack is just an asynchronous communication hub, right? It gives you the ability to share information. It gives people the ability to get you know, real-time help. It allows you to connect the docs. It allows you to connect the video, whatever it is. It's mm -hmm. just a hub. It's just this medium that connects you through 
type or voice or whatever. And, and so a restaurant absolutely could harness that today. It's incredible. And, and there's no reason why you need a radio. You still can have your radios, but like they need to write it down. And, and that whole like, hey, Sean, can you take care of guests yeah. at table seven can be just as quickly typed as it can be spoken, uh, especially with the fact that all of our devices have built you know speech to text. Sometimes fails us, but in most cases it works. Then you have a record of that. You could yeah. see that someone did it. You could actually see the interaction. Um, we think that's a, a huge part of hospitality, whether it's a hotel or a restaurant. And so we, we love Slack. I mean, I couldn't imagine without it. Hate it at times, but mm-hmm. yeah, definitely love it. It's kind of a double-edged sword. It's, it's incredible. You can actually, you can just go crazy though and use Slack too much, right? Yeah. Like if I send someone a message that reports to me and they respond within 20 seconds every time I send that, I kind of think that's odd, right? Like, yeah. am I breaking their workflow? Like, are they not working on something? Like, you know, and, it, and I think there's a lot of But also, if you that, don't send the message, you'll forget to send the message. Exactly, right? It's and right so as top it, of so, mind, so you yeah. do have to get it off and of your so, list and don't forget it. I, I think Slack is, is they've now let you kind of manage your folders and your workspaces, like, so it works for you, but they don't let you kind of prioritize messages yet. Like, I can't say that this is an urgent message or I need you to get to it, right? So sometimes I'll just go off Slack and if somebody needs to get a hold of me, they can call my cell phone and I'll get those messages when I get back online, like I mm-hmm. used to with email. So I'll batch my Slack responses, kind of like email. Have you ever given that feedback to Slack and what, what have they done with it? We've given so much feedback to Slack. <laughs> you know, I think, I think they're, they've probably been doing a lot of infrastructure improvements and yeah. just general architecture and technology. They've grown so fast. Um, we're now starting to see some of their product changes, you know? Um, through feedback early on. Through feedback and, and yeah, I think I think they're going in the right direction. And um, it's hard to grasp when we're talking about technology and we're talking about software like Cloudbeds or Slack that they're, you guys are as big as you are, but you're nowhere close to where how big you will be if you keep growing the right way if you keep helping empowering restaurants small business owners to start using these tools we're all using a smartphone that's right i talked to a turf company that's right next to our restaurant green turf pro and i'm asking them about how do they do their workflow and it's all through text messages so it's you know the owner texting three sales reps but their bids like they don't have a cloud-based office yet. They sh- they could they literally could start their cloud-based pos- uh, office yeah, by start by implementing Slack. Yeah, oh, that, and that's, oh, 100%. that's a great. Way and to like, but like, think about that. Like, that's every turf company. That's every landscaping company. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so we, we we use tools where as soon as a hot lead or an inbound request for a demo comes in, it immediately hits Slack with all the information about the person, so yeah. that a one-click can phone call out from a sales rep, and instead of having to be like constantly monitoring sales. Salesforce or their email to see that a lead came in. It's in seconds. It's already gone from our website into Salesforce into our our sales team. It's localized to the person who's actually going to be the one who calls it. I mean, there's technology where we can then, you know, connect Lob. And, you know, what Lob does is it allows you to send a postcard to anyone with the digitalized message mm-hmm. without ever having to go to the post office, right? Maybe. And so like you can say thank you. So you could do your digital ordering. Someone could order and leave you a review and you could have a tool that scans it and then sends them a postcard thanking them. It's amazing. Right? It takes all of your digital hand notes. Yeah, it takes away all those hand notes, but that little bit of connection goes a long way. Yeah. And the more the, I mean, as you guys give feedback, we give feedback, but 
as these companies grow, it's a, how do we, what do we do with that feedback, right? It's how do we implement it in teams? Is it the right feedback? Is it going to actually make the biggest impact? And I think that's, you know, that's the, the question, right? It's, are these companies willing to integrate with Toast? You know, if, if Slack and Toast can figure out an integration on the financial reporting side, that's very valuable to me. I'm pretty sure they have. Which means it's very valuable to, you know, lots of other people. Oh, yeah. And if they haven't, there's an intermediary that will. Okay. Yeah. yeah we'll figure that out. Yeah. All right. What else? Anything else, gentlemen? I'm going to let you get back to oh, this has been the, the global technology revolution. Oh, it's been great. Yeah. Thanks for hosting Thanks. us. No, yeah. We really appreciate it. Um, you guys are easily findable online. Uh, all the great work that you're doing. I guess the the last thing I'll leave it with is uh, what are your what are your words to people that are out of work that love hospitality, love traveling, and they don't really know how do they? How, I guess the the fear whenever we're talking tech, whenever I start talking tech, is people are like, well, that's going to eliminate jobs, which also increases profitability. But I would argue that it's not going to eliminate jobs. It's actually going to make better jobs. I'm going to have a more engaged workforce than I've ever had as we grow Cali Barbecue because of the way we're growing is integrating all the things that not just we do on the restaurant side, but that we do in sharing by doing by doing media, by documenting it. And if people are excited to come to work, then they're going to be wanting excited to share. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a couple things like find a technology company and travel. We're hiring, you know, Cloudbase. We've actually added people. Um, and the other thing is just keep your hopes up that travel will, will return. Um, and it will. It might be the end of 21, it might be the middle of 21, it might be 2022, but it will return. People like to, they like to travel, they want to meet people face to face. I mean, honestly, I was joking, when, when COVID is gone, hopefully soon, and the world returns to normal, the last place I want to meet people is on a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. I just want to sit down and have a beer. Like yeah. I just want to be face to face. I I don't want to I don't want to come near Zoom anymore. Right? Yeah. You're, if you throw a virtual conference after COVID, you're gonna look like a, like a total idiot. Right? Yeah. Like I we're going in. I, it better be a joke. Person, it yeah, better be a joke. Seriously, right? Like yeah. it'll be a joke. Yeah. So I think that's I don't know. It will return, but it's some tough times for travel right now. If you're in the industry, it's really tough. I mean, we we love pulling people out of traditional hotel jobs and bringing them into a technology centric company in, in not only there is experience a million times better because of our culture and the way we do, but it's, it's also the contribution that they can bring to us from their expertise is just uh, uh, limitless. And so, uh, I, I, there is a lot of companies across the entire landscape that is hiring to richest point and, and we're one of them and, you know, love to see resumes. That's awesome. Right on, you guys. Thanks for uh, listening to the podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Be sure to check out Cloudbeds and uh, yeah, keep uh, follow us on social media. Follow, yeah, follow Cloudbeds <laughs> on social media because they're uh, they're going to start getting very active on social. <laughs> uh, from what from what Adam's telling me, stay curious, get involved, and don't be afraid to ask for help. <laughs> <laughs>